0: On the seventh night of Christmas, my golf game gave to me swing speed. Hello, welcome back to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill. And on tonight's edition, we've got a few thoughts about sort of a the silo of swing speed. This, this kind of speed, I find myself being more and more a topic of conversation. It's in more blog posts, social media posts, videos, instructional things. I get it. It's mentioned in emails I get at least once a daily, sometimes three or four times. And this sort of speed, not talking about tweakers, there's nothing nefarious. It's a, I guess, the science and the sort of sub-industry of swing speed. It's part of the game improvement industry. It's really kind of, I guess, a golf-specific subset of the fitness industry. Although, frankly, if you look... Uh, The science, I guess, has spread or has converged. I see it a lot in baseball advertising and marketing now. I've got two kids that are interested in youth sports, and I'm seeing things. You know, every golf swing speed radar also doubles as a baseball swing speed radar. So speed, 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 fast, fast, fast. That seems to be the hymnal of our time. Um, You know, it's obviously for the younger and the more online serious golfers, they're aware that you know, maybe even cynically, that the golf industry is a huge marketing concern, largely for the equipment makers. And, um, you know, the, the cynical, this is the time of year when everybody's going to get seven more yards, right? That Balls, clubs, um, this, is, this is that time of year things start getting released. The marketing machines start ramping up with buzz, with advertising. Uh, we settle in to watch golf. In primetime from kapalua and from the sony in hawaii and here come the marketing blitz uh, trying to tell us what we really don't know or, or what we know better than that that club that nasa technology engineered golf shaft that golf ball that when you drop it it bounces higher than the point from which you released it that's not going to fix your golf games and we know that but the the speed community um, you know, kind of fills the gap for the more skeptical out there and it offers to help golfers reach their maximum potential without the gimmick of new golf clubs, the expense of new golf clubs and the fitting and all of that. You know, it's an industry that started with gadget. Golf gadgets have always been around. There've always been people out there like PT Barnum to separate fools from their money with any number of of tools, of gadgets um, all of which probably have some colorable basis in science-ish, you know, science-adjacent. Um, they probably all fix a specific problem, but that means they're by no means for everybody. And the speed industry, trying to swing the golf, things that are designed to get you to swing the golf club faster, they have gadgets too. Some of them are very prominent. You know, the super speed system... Um, the speed sticks of various shapes and sizes, resistance swinging, um, radars to measure it. They've got all numbered. It started with TrackMan and now you've got down to, uh, you can get a, a simple swing speed radar for, I don't know, what's the cheapest version? $100, $200 maybe. You know, and you've also got, uh, for the more advanced systems for speed, you've got gadgets that will not only measure the speed, but they'll collect the data. And this is something I had some experience with when last I got fit for irons, just that that data can be addicting. You start. It's interesting there. They'll collate it all and they'll present your your men, your max, your average, you know, your trend lines, all of this stuff that really, if you haven't taken stats 391 in college can really overwhelm you. But we live in a time when it has never, ever been easier to play golf swing instead of to play actual golf. You know, I remember hearing that there are surveys out there and I've got some anecdotal data to back this up. There are people that would much more spend their time on the golf range, just practicing, just hitting balls into a non-target, just into the field essentially than actually going out and playing golf. Like it's more fun for them to chase whatever that feeling of contact or distance to see, you know, to hit the ball further or just to go out and get their exercise banging balls away. Um, I've been guilty of that in the time in the past. So it's an interesting time in golf because not everybody is chasing the latest, greatest equipment. Um, but it seems like an awful lot of people and an awful lot of people that I interact with are really on the journey to swinging as fast as they can. You know, I think this, frankly, it all started, um, you know that that attitude in the marketing of it and the, the packaging and the selling of speed uh, really probably started with the first thing i can think of was other than like the old tom kite videos of guys working out like they're the six million dollar man everyone knows what i'm saying everybody in golf has seen those pictures of like tom kite and sports illustrator where he's in a loincloth hooked up to some nautilus machine it's atrocious it's one of the worst photographs in sports history um but you know tiger was bigger than everybody else at his peak he got kind of swollen up muscular for a while and then there's all speculation like that's what caused him to get hurt and then it but that was all kind of mysterious like who is he on what's his fitness routine what's he is he on steroids is he on hgh you know a lot of speculation when he was just really doing a lot of hard work behind closed doors then you got to kind of the the Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka era, where um, there started being feature stories about Joey D, who was their trainer. He worked a lot on golf-specific, um, I guess, maybe plyometrics and strength training and speed training things to increase their club head speed so that they could hit all their clubs further. Because statistically, it all goes back, I guess, to, what is his name, Dr. Mark... The guy that invented the strokes gain statistic is a statistician, I think and maybe even an economist at Columbia um, or NYU, and he figured out he was able to, to collect data and analyze it and synthesize it and, and basically demonstrate that point in fact, all of the things being equal, the closer you are to the hole, the better your scoring opportunities are. So, and how do you get close to the hole? You hit the ball farther. How do you hit the ball farther? You swing faster. Um, but that Joey D, kind of that that Dustin Brooks thing was a story for a while, and then uh, Bryson DeChambeau, I guess, started like he was the first to explicitly just try to get as big and strong as possible. He literally just wanted to hit the ball as far as possible every single time. And to his credit, he, he used that to win, it, to overpower a course and win a U.S. Open. Um, but now the That has spawned, I guess, in the wake of all of that. And here we are a few years on. Um, There are any number of programs by subscriptions. There are apps. You know, Frankly, I've got the Fit for Golf app. It's an easy-to-use kind of golf-specific. It's almost like golf fitness for dummies. I think it's designed for banking and insurance executives that spend too much time behind a desk hunched over a computer. And it's a way to straighten them up and limber them up and kind of unlock some potential that the that the sedentary lifestyle mike is Irish mike is very big on getting away from that sedentary lifestyle um, any number of golf influencers on social media they love to show you their gym workouts most of the time i have no idea what they're doing but it looks cool and it's all in the name of speed all in the name of distance it's not again they're not relying they're not hawking the magic clubhead design or Uh, new proprietary uh, club design, shaft designs. It's all about, I guess, you becoming your best you so that you can swing the club further and hit the ball farther. And here's the devil. Here's the worst part of it. It it kind of, at a time of the year when a lot of people are thinking about fitness, the evil of it, the rub, is that it's not a magic tonic. They're not offering you... Um, some miracle solution. No, no, no. The whole thing comes down to how bad do you want it. If you're willing to put in the work and the correct work as as the sellers or the purveyors of these things uh, offer you, if you follow the right system, the stack system, the super speed system, the fit for golf system, whatever it is, you can eventually add serious distance to your shots and statistically play better golf. Um, the, The problem is it's that. It comes down to your commitment and the work ethic just like everything else what the speed community sells is just a little microcosm of the american dream it it's it appeals to the protestant work ethic it appeals to the entrepreneurial desire if you work hard enough the riches of speed swing speed of hitting the ball farther can be yours too no matter what your starting point is there's something romantic in that sense of karmic justice again if you just work hard enough It'll lift you up, you know, if you lift and stretch and eat right, you can increase your club head speed too. You know, going back a a level from that, it's really the entire kind of American fitness industry just specialized to golf. I guess they never sold, fitness was never really sold to golf because look who played golf. It was old men, not in great, you didn't have to be in great shape to, to play it recreationally. So there was no market there, but now... You know they—they try to the, the marketing machine that is professional golf has sold the idea that these guys are athletes and they're not just skilled um, hobbyists that they're you know peak athletes um, to be I don't know adored uh, the, to be jealous of to to have envy but you know the, the fitness industry kind of coming on the wake of that and piggybacking on professional golf. Yeah, it's particularly cruel that the, being in the speed silo and seeing all of these things and having that be such a part of the conversation, it's particularly cruel this time of year when so many of us have discovered that the current waistline trends in our old household are unsustainable. Um, you know, the, the constant assault, and maybe this is just I have procured the absolutely wrong following and I need to just go in and audit what I'm doing with the, the few moments that of social media time I get. Um but on, on Twitter and Instagram, they what I see a lot is, oh, wow, look at what they're doing that I'm not doing, uh, that all these other golfers are doing. It's clear proof right there in front of me that I'm not keeping up with the Joneses or the, the Kyles or the Michaels. Uh, that's two fellas I played golf with this Sunday that were consistently 30, 40 yards down the fairway from me with a driver in their hand. And it was, it was fun to watch, but I, it would have been really difficult to play against. Um, now, Granted, the mature me, somebody with some perspective that's attached to reality, says, hey, look, you're coming back from from injury, you've got a career, you're in your mid-40s with two kids, you know, I'm reasonably accurate with a wedge and an iron, man, I hit the ball, quote-unquote, far enough, stop worrying. That should be it, full stop, end of story. But you know how that goes. That devil on my shoulder is cunning and powerful And boy, does he have impeccable timing. He reminds me that if I do the the speed work, then I can hit it past my guys in my regular group. I can bomb drives. People can ooh and awe over what I hit on the tee box. And it's rough. You know, it's not just online. The the speed bug has taken hold of some of my friends, some of my competitors, uh, people in the league, people on my golf trips. Hell, friend of the show Fred is doing agility drills this winter, for God's sakes, to get in better shape. Primarily, I think, for golf maybe life, quality of life being a distant second. Um, You know, so it's, it's tough. It's a tough silo to find myself in. There's in this, again, this is kind of the fitness uh, industry's pull. Part of their appeal is that there's simultaneously, they sell you the dream that you can have it too, but seeing when you're not participating, when you're not doing the things that these other, influencers or or other golfers are even doing you know I feel bad that I've got relatively slow swing speed that I haven't done the work or or previously done enough work you know there are just a lot of parallels to general fitness you know I'm a running dad now I do I was doing pretty good pre-surgery a while back and I expect to get back into reasonable levels of general physical health soon but there's an impatience there waiting really is the hardest part um so, again, maybe I've just curated the wrong social media feeds and I need to go in and kind of get out of this speed silo. It's just interesting to see how, for all of the grief that Bryson DeChambeau took, and you know, people like Brooks Kepka to a lesser degree, and the guys that swing out of their shoes, JT gets some criticism, to see all the flack that they took in the moment or initially, to see how prevalent that... That the game of speed, of of swing speed, how that has just absolutely taken over a, a lot of golf instruction, um, a golf conversation. You know, maybe if I wanted to get out of it, if I was smart, maybe I'd just go full full golf golf architecture nerd. Um, you know, I have a generalist's knowledge of that world. I'll never be the expert in the field. Um, that would certainly be less painful in the physical sense um you know that's part of the the damnable shame of the whole speed thing and that it's basically a get into better shape um sales pitch which if we're being honest you could just do with a golf club and a pair of sneakers you know you could accomplish a lot of the same things you don't need necessarily fancy equipment or big gym membership or something for a, a minimum initial outlay um, you you should be able to pick up some miles per hour on how fast you swing something As opposed to, I think there would be real costs to acquire the books and the old magazines and essays and the greens fees and travel costs to go see, to really become, to get proficient in kind of the knowledge of the art of golf architecture. You know, it's, um, I guess the good, I could stop comparing myself to trying to keep up with the Joneses at that point, although I think as with any kind of work of art, any, any art group or culture, there's going to be, could I, could I really enjoy that without sharing that and getting into kind of those nerdy tweet coded arguments that follow any art form. You talk paintings, music, whatever. Uh, And golf art architecture certainly has those sorts of corners of that subgroup of, of the golf industry. So I don't know. I just wanted to mention that it's been interesting to see how speed has taken over golf. And yet, for all the work, who knows, maybe my injury was in part caused by trying to overdo it. Um, And I've got a a resentment there I need to think about. But anyway, for today, I'm just grateful that I can do a few push-ups inside because it's cold outside. I could walk the dog when properly layered. And I can make elaborate plans about how I'm going to get started getting better but that's the kind of thing it sounds like I could probably put off until tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. As far as I know, I've hit two legitimate 300 plus ship drives in my lifetime. The first was from the T-Box on 18th at the Kapalua Plantation course. You see it every year at the Tournament of Champions. Downhill, downwind, the ball was in the air for like 12 seconds. It just kept going. The wind was at our back. So that was awesome. And had, I don't know, like 320 or something. It was great. It was, boy, just walking down to that felt awesome. And the second was a similar circumstance. It was 14 at Kearney Hill. Usually the prevailing wind is in to and across you. But for some reason that day, there was just gale force behind me. And I was able to get one up in the air. And keep it in the air and uh, was down there had a, a short iron into the green because there was again a 30 to 40 mile gust behind me so it was fun to watch that thing hang in the air uh, like it was a hawk gliding on the breeze but I don't know that I could ever produce that on my own we'll see